eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome into an emergency edition of the Ots and Audibles podcast. I'm Matt Free, Eric Scope with Jared Mack on the show. Uh, you heard us Friday, and at the very end of that show, we said uh, you wouldn't hear from us until Monday unless breaking news hit, and breaking news has hit. The Oregon Ducks, we've been able to confirm it. Uh, has hired Dan Lanning as its head coach. And boy, this is a, an interesting, not even 24 hours, because there was a report out Friday afternoon by the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Chip Towers, who said uh, Oregon had made an agreement with Dan Lanning. And then every single Oregon media outlet, myself included, um, reported that that hire had not been made yet. A decision had not been made. And 24 hours, less than 24 hours later, Kirby Smart is actually on the record saying they wish Dan, uh, Dan Lanning well uh, and good success and that they're excited to finish their, their short remaining time together at Georgia before he heads off to Oregon. Um, the University of Oregon has not actually announced this hiring yet, but the fact that Kirby Smart is saying his goodbyes publicly to, to Dan Lanning um, we know players have told us that Rob Mullins has um, confirmed to the team personally that Dan Lanning is the head coach. I think, guys, this is this is pretty significant. Um, I like this hire. It's outside the box. It's the first defensive coach with head coach background since Rich Brooks, and I believe 1977. Um, and it's also the first hire since Rich Brooks. That's come from outside the program and that person not having any head coach experience. Mark Helfrich did not have head coach experience when he was promoted. Um, and that's, that's the only other guy that, that has, that didn't have any head coach experience with this. Um, like Dan Lanning has, that uh, does not have, he's 35 years old. I, I, I think there are so many things here that are, that are very interesting that I I'm excited for. It's a risk. But it's, it's, I think, a very calculated and understandably so worth taking. He checks the boxes that we didn't feel like a Chip Kelly or a Justin Wilcox checked, right, in terms of national recruiter, uh, elite defensive coach, young and upcoming. You're right. He's unproven. That's the only question mark is he's never been a head coach before. You are taking a risk. He's, he's like my age. He's like Matt. He's like our age, and he's the yeah. head football coach. He's young. Uh, you, you know, Oregon – Traditionally, as head coaches, 40 and above, Mario Cristobal, um, obviously being much older than Dan Lanning. This is a, I, I, I agree. I think this is a huge home run swing. And I think even if you don't fully make contact, you're still going to get like a, a, a long double here. 
to use a baseball analogy and Jared can explain later why that was wrong or something if it was. But my, my point is I, I, I feel like this is such a, I, I really love this move. I really love that they went for it and they didn't settle. They didn't go convenient. They didn't go with one of the names that were, you know, all week being kind of linked to it. None of which would have been bad football coaches, all of which have had success at high levels as either coordinators or head coaches that were attached to it. But none of them, I don't think, have the upside that Dan Lanning does. He's the defensive coordinator of the best defense in the country. At Georgia, he has led the, uh, the three years he's been the coordinator, two of them they've led the country in scoring defense, two of them they've led the country in rushing defense. Um, this guy has been a fantastic coordinator. You go read stories about him. He's a worker. He's a grinder. Um, there have been, I think, some great accounts of just how much he has put uh, into work, I guess, to to be a coach and how hard he's worked to get here. The fact that he's risen up the ranks this quickly. I mean, this guy hasn't even been at this more than about 10 years. And now he's a head football coach at this level. He's shown he's a great coordinator. He's a great recruiter. One of the things that stands out from his resume is not only has he had immense success at Georgia this year, currently eighth in the 247 Sports recruiting uh, recruiter rankings, He's also been a recruiting coordinator at multiple stops at Arizona State and at Memphis um, before that. I think at Sam Houston State, if memory serves as well. Um, he had a year at Alabama under Nick Saban. Like if you run through everything that you know is with Dan Lanning, I think you feel really, really good about the upside here. Um, of course, this one is one where he does not have the same floor, I guess, if you will, of some of these other coaches. I, I said a moment ago, like I think it's still going to be a very successful hire. He has no track record as a head coach, which of course concerns some. I understand those concerns. I'm going to trust the fact that everybody that's come around him speaks so highly of him. The fact that he's 35 and has moved his way up the ladder. The fact that I trust both Rob Mullins and Phil Knight and some of the other decision makers to get a right hire in place, that they didn't rush this hire, that clearly they went through the vetting process and everything came up good for Dan Lanning. The fact that Oklahoma was supposed to be yeah. reportedly very close to landing him too. This was not a reach in terms of, oh, nobody else was looking at him. This was a guy who, whether it be in 2022 or beyond, was going to be a big-time football coach at some school, and Oregon has ensured he's theirs. Okay. Sorry, we had to unmute there. Eric and I are happen to be in the same room recording this because we bailed early on the, the women's basketball game as the news broke. Um, yeah, no, this is a huge hire. This is something completely outside the box for Oregon. They did not go after defensive guys like Matt mentioned. They very rarely go after people who aren't in their own household. And this is one of those where uh, you, I look at this as somebody who is rather pessimistic towards Justin Wilcox or Chip Kelly in terms of what they could provide for the program. Uh, and I see a much higher ceiling when it comes to hiring Dan, Dan Lanning. Um, he's young, 35. Um, if you look at his coaching career, his history, his tree, it's ridiculous. He's 35 and he's been the defensive coordinator at Georgia, one of the most storied programs in all of the country for the last three years. And like Eric said, they've had one of the top five defenses in two of the last three years. This year, their their defense obviously is full of absolute studs, um, N'Kobe Dean, Jordan Davis, stuff like that. Uh, but he's also had a hand in recruiting those guys to the south, to Georgia. And that's something to really look forward to at Oregon. Um, I, I posted this on Twitter the other day where I took uh, Lanning's like top recruits that he's helped in either the secondary or the primary recruiting role. 
Um, a lot of people kept saying like, oh, these guys are from the South. Of course, they're going to go to Georgia. Well, if you give Lanning the, the proper staff and the proper connections on the West Coast, there's no reason why he can't do this in, on, on, at Oregon or in California or Arizona, whatever the case may be. Uh, this guy is a recruiter. That checks that box. He's young. He checks that box. Um, he's an elite defensive play caller, which for me checks a lot of boxes. Um, and he's had this, this mentality of wanting to win. Um, there's a story about him where you know, he drove 11, 12 miles to go basically hours, hours sorry, to like <laughs> plead, for, plead for a GA job. And he ended up getting it. And like, that's the type of guy that you're getting in this, in, in Dan Lanning. And the fact that he has had these runs at Georgia, the fact that he was a grad assistant in Alabama, the fact that he was like the outside linebacker coach at Memphis for two or three years, including inside linebackers as well, and recruiting coordinator, all at the age of like 30, 31. Um, this guy is impressive. He's, he's a smart guy. If you listen to him speak, he knows clearly what he's doing. Uh, he knows what he's saying. He knows the game of football. Um, like, like Eric said, we talked about how Oklahoma is somebody who went after him. Um, that's a pretty darn good program. That's a pretty darn big boat of confidence into this hire as well. And I'm ecstatic for it. I, I really, I really am. Um, these are the types of hires that, you know, football programs who want to continue to move into the right direction do. Um, it's, it might take a year because he's young and he needs to establish these connections and he doesn't have the best coaching circle because he's so young. He doesn't have all the options available to him, but this is someone who has only gone up and gone up at the highest of levels. And it was like Eric said, it was only a matter of time until he was coaching a big time program. And now is his time to coach at Oregon. Um, and to just excite fans even more, this guy gets to go coach up Noah Sewell and Justin Flo for next year. So that's pretty fun. And the trickle-down effect of this is already happening. Um, Bennett Williams, Oregon star safety, um, he has already basically come out and said that he will not be going pro after this season and will be returning for Oregon in 2022 because he's, he's already talked about the 2023 draft for him instead of the 2022 draft. We're seeing players – hit social media and be very receptive and be very excited about this. We're seeing parents of players being very receptive and being very happy and excited about this. I, I think this is kind of the type of hire that you want to make internally, who cares externally, but internally that provides confidence in your current guys and will provide confidence in the families of those players. And more important, most importantly, confidence with it from for the program, and the and that sh trickle down into the recruits of this class and future classes to still be locked in on the Oregon Ducks. I'll be curious to see what happens now with some of these guys that have decommitted. We know Jalil Florence. We know um, Marion Winston. Uh, those guys have decommitted. Uh, I believe Landon Hullaby. If I, I my mind is scrambled right now. Landon Hullaby, Julio Tucker. Mm -hmm. Yep. And those guys, will they stick now with their commitments? Will they, will they wait on signing on Wednesday or will they sign with Oregon on Wednesday? I, I would, I seeing the reception of this hire, it, it lends me to believe that maybe some guys that were wavering might possibly, you know, firm things up. And this is, 
going to be an important, you know, next four days for Dane Lanning. And it's, can you get through the compliance stuff so that you can start calling these guys on Sunday and kind of reaffirm and let them know where this program's heading? It's going to be, again, we've said this every time we've recorded, it feels like the next couple of days are big. And I think it'll be interesting to see what happens. We've already mentioned Bennett Williams. He talked recruiting. What, what does DJ James decide? He's somebody from that part of the country, from Alabama. Is he familiar with Dan Lanning? Does he know? Does he? Does he? I don't know if he has a relationship, but does he know who that is? Does that excite him? Does he decide he wants to come back? That's just a thought I had. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how he builds his staff. What are yeah. the? What's the impact of that? As Jared said a moment ago, and we should know. I think Jake Rowe of the Georgia two four seven site made note that he is a young coach. That means he doesn't necessarily have the same extensive coaching circle that like Amaro Cristobal has had. Cristobal, notably, really, really outstanding coach with terms of the hires and the ability to build the staff. Does Dan Lanning have that capability? Who does he bring in? Who are priorities? I know there's already been a lot of names tossed around that could work. Some of them were actually tossed around by his brother on a Twitter uh, <laughs> spaces Perfect. call last night, um, Saturday or Friday night. This whole thing has been, maybe we can, I don't know how much we want to talk about that, but the last couple of days has been so bizarre. Um, the fact that that report comes out, it's almost immediately refuted. There's immediate pushback from, from the University of Oregon. Um, that calls into question what's going on. The fact that almost exactly 24 hours later, like I think it was about 2 p.m. that that AGC story came up um, and it was right about 2 p.m. today. And I know that because it was about two minutes into the Oregon women's basketball game which, as Jared said, we both took off from. We're still wearing our press passes here um, because we left the game. I've never done that any time as a, as a sports reporter at any level. I've never left a game I'm covering to go cover something else. This is that big of a story, um, and it's exciting. It's exciting to have now some finality to this search. I think the higher just gauging interest from, a, like a Twitter spaces, from Twitter, from DuckTerritory.com on the message board, People are excited. We're not the only ones that feel like this is a really good hire, that this is a good landing spot. And now what we learn is over the next couple of days, when does he meet with press for the first time? When do we get a chance to meet him? Uh, what does that look like? What kind of information can we glean from him about what he wants to build? What kind of staff he wants? Those are the type of questions we're going to be talking about. Um, what are his recruiting ties? You know, I mean, obviously he's coached as an assistant coach at Memphis. Um, as a defensive coordinator at Georgia, at Sam Houston State, as well as a position coach, and I think a co-defensive coordinator. Um, what is his, how extensive is that circle? How, how extensive are his ties to the West Coach, West Coast? How much of a factor will that be in terms of building a staff? Will he seek to target coaches that have West Coast ties to help with the recruiting out West? How much of an inroads can he make nationally into the southeast with his ties there over the last couple of years these are the type of things i'll be curious to learn about over the next couple of days as we learn more about dan lanning but i think just the preliminary information we have right now this is very exciting this is an outside the box hire this is the higher kind of hire we urge them to make to avoid being convenient to not take back your ex i think i wrote that in a story which was chip kelly they've gone out and they thought outside the box and in the past when oregon has done this it has worked out very well and now we see how fruitful this hire can be for Oregon. And I personally am very excited. As Jared said, think about a coach like Lanning and his history. 
coaching the kind of athletes Oregon has on that defense next year. Think about Noah Sewell and Justin Flo and Jeffrey Bossa and Mace Funa and some of these front seven guys, this high-end talent that will be, co- be coached by somebody who across the country is so high esteemed for his ability to develop talent and to maximize that talent on the field. Oregon could become a defensive power out West. And that's not a thing that we've ever really assessed this program with. I know 19, they had a great defense. They had strong defenses early on in the 2010 decade as well under Chip Kelly, but never was the identity fully defensive minded. I think we're going to maybe see that now. And that may be a transition a bit here to Dan Lanning. I'm not trying to say the offense won't be, a priority and that'll be secondary. But when you have a defensive coach like this, the program will be operating, I think, in a little different capacity. And for me, I'm excited to see that. And I think he provides some really, really interesting and exciting traits. I'm excited personally just to get to know him a little better over the next couple of weeks, months, uh, and years that he spends in Eugene. Yeah, it'll be extremely interesting to see where the program over like overhauls and goes into obviously Dan Lanning is a defensive minded coordinator. Um, he's proved it in the past. He's proved it in three years at DC at, at, at Georgia. Um, the offensive side of the ball is where Oregon obviously has to turn to next. They have a, a huge vacancy at offensive coordinator, but with the Dan Lanning signing, what you get is an up and coming coach who will not require the full eight and a half million dollars that Oregon offered to Mario Cristobal. That money is now can be shelled out to his assistants that can go and get you an offensive coordinator who is elite at whatever his play style is. Um, you can go and start talking to other teams across the country and you know, requesting to properly interview their offensive coordinators, um, which, which I would be excited for. Because now you have the defensive side of the ball basically locked up, which I think personally is much harder to do in college football than finding an offensive coordinator who can figure out how to run a bunch of schemes that people haven't seen yet. Um, and the fact that you're, <laughs> you're getting Georgia's defensive coordinator is just great. Um, you watch Georgia play every single year. They have dogs, pun intended, maybe. I don't know. They have really good players on the edges. Uh, Nolan Smith's been a beast this year. Nicobe Dean, like I've said, Jordan Davis. They are really good players, and they are really developed well, and obviously they're recruited well, too. Uh, Georgia is a powerhouse, of course, in the SEC. Um, but Oregon has pull on the West Coast, as we've seen the last few years with Mario Cristobal. Um, now it's going to be a recruiting war between Oregon and USC um, with Lincoln Riley's arrival as a Trojan. But Dan Lanning has his own you know, bag of tricks. He has his own uh, ability to be an elite recruiter as well. And if he can hire the right guys or if he retains the right guys, whatever the case may be, Oregon can set themselves up in the future and really solidify themselves on defense first, which I think is such a big revelation in Oregon's history. Um, You saw in 2019 with Oregon's Rose Bowl team, you know, the defense was, I, I would say, way better than the offense. Their defense was a top 10 national defense. And those types of teams win. You know, you don't have to score 38 points a game to win with those types of teams. You know, Oregon uh, could score 24 that season and win. They only scored 30 in the Rose Bowl. I mean, obviously they only won by one point, but still. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch this offensive coordinator hire search too. And uh, despite his youth for Dan Lanning, 
there's probably a few options out there for him that he knows going in from his co- prior coaching experience who are also, also youthful coordinators, who are people who might have a new style of looking at the game because they are so young, because they have your, their own styles, their own metrics, their own uh, playbooks that haven't been passed down from generational coach to generational coach. So I think that's an exciting thing to watch for too. I'm sure there's going to be a bunch of names where we may not know them as well as the fans may not know them um, who come into this coordinator search. And that that's something I'm excited to watch. Um, I'm excited to get just get to know Dan and get to hear him talk and see what he has to say. Um, it's great. And just to think about where this whole coaching search was a few days ago with uh, you know, the, the, the notion that Chip Kelly was being interviewed. Um, Kalani Sataki was interviewed. Um, now he has a, a six-year-long extension at BYU. Uh, just Wilcox, another interviewee. Um, you know, all, all the plane tracking that I had about an old Miss plane meeting up in Phoenix area. It was, it's, a, it's been a wild 72 hours, I would say, the least. You brought up the uh, offensive coordinator. Both you guys touched on it. I think the first obvious one is Ke- that, that will be probably targeted um, by Dan Lanning is Kenny Dillingham. He's the offensive coordinator and also the quarterbacks coach at Florida State. He's been there since um, 2019, and he coached previously with Lanning at Memphis. Um, He works under Mike Norvell ever since 2016, uh, except for a one-year stint in 2019 when he went to Auburn. He coaches quarterbacks as well as um, helping – Mike Norvell play calls. And why would, why would he leave Mike Norvell whenever, when he's been with him basically his entire time as an assistant coach, it's because Mike Norvell is the, is the play caller um, at Memphis and this is, or at at Florida state. And this would be um, Dillingham's opportunity to be the man in charge of, of the offense and truly it be on him. And that's why I, I think this is probably Lanning's first call is the Florida state offensive coordinator he has experience on the west coast too he was a offensive assistant at arizona state from in 2014 and 2015 he was a high school football coach um at uh, chaparral high school in the phoenix arizona area for multiple seasons um and and this is a guy that's coached some really good quarterbacks and so i think that's one in which you you make that call um I, I would also expect probably some guys that are support staffers um, or maybe one assistant coach from Georgia could could come over with um, Dan Lanning to, to Oregon. I wouldn't expect Will Muschamp or Glenn Schumann. Both those guys have already been tabbed by Kirby Smart at Georgia as co-defensive coordinators moving forward um, for the Ducks. And we should also note that Lanning's going to be juggling two jobs. He has confirmed, it's been confirmed by Kirby Smart at Georgia that Lanning will coach the Bulldogs in their playoff game December 31st. Um, so that will be really good for Oregon. And the reason I say that is because now at some point in that telecast, the Oregon football program will be talked about, will be mentioned, and they will, they will highlight Dan Lanning going to Oregon during the college football playoff. And you, that will be very, very, 
good PR perspective news for the Ducks. Dillingham is 31 years old, by the way. Yeah. And there, I, I think we might see a trend here. I'm not saying it's going to be exclusively coaches under 40, but I wouldn't be surprised if this is a pretty young staff built around that youth. And that's a positive. You mentioned Arizona State. That's also a stop that Landing made. Incidentally, they didn't overlap as uh, coaches there, but that was when Landing was there in 13 was the same time when Dillingham was there as a student. So um, I think a relationship built there and then furthered, as you said, when they were at Memphis for a couple of years. So that'll be interesting. There's going to be a lot of coaches that we'll hear attached to this. I think for those listening, they might have been in that Twitter spaces last night. I think Dan Landing's brother. He was. Jordan threw out some names. He mentioned Dillingham. I think he also mentioned a couple of other names um, that I'm, I wish I had written them down as I was listening in, um, which we don't have to talk too much on the Twitter space stuff, but it's just a game changer in terms of how cool it is that you can have the brother of a prospective head coaching candidate go and kind of drop some dirt to a bunch of Oregon fans on a Friday night. I mean, how cool was that Oregon coaches or Oregon players were in the chat, Oregon players' parents spoke during the chat. It was pretty surreal um, on Friday, and I'm sure that those will continue to take place here as we progress. Um, parting thoughts, Matt, in terms of – I know we want to get back to covering this. It's, we're only going to do – it's not going to be a hour-plus pod like we've done recently because sure. we have work to do. Um, I don't know. What, what else is there to say? I'm, I'm, I'm kind of trying to scramble here because my brain's also thinking about all the content we're going to write. Like what, what else, what else is there to say on this podcast other than I think this is a really exciting hire and I'm just excited to kind of see how this plays plays out and plays together. And I think, I just think it's really notable the fan and the player reaction to this news because you sometimes see hires take place and there's maybe not a lot of jubilation and enthusiasm and excitement. Oregon the people in the bubble that matter, the players, the recruits, fans, obviously there are other people that matter, but just seeing their reception on social media and on duckterritory.com on the message board, they've already won this initial part. Now you got to see what Landing can do as a coach and actually see what it looks like in practice. Um, we talk about winning the press conference. You haven't even got to the press conference. I guess we'll say Oregon has won the Twitter announcement portion of the, <laughs> of the coaching search. And that's the very first step now. It used to be the press conference was the first thing. Now it's just the reception to the announcement. And I think almost universally I'm seeing positive things. Obviously people are concerned about the lack of head coaching experience, but so many of the best coaches in the country were pretty good when they started off after not having no head coaching experience. And guess what? To become a head coach, you have to, at some point not have had head coaching experience just the way it works. That's just how kind of life works. So um, I'm not as concerned about that uh, as maybe I'm seeing some people are, but even overall, I'm, I'm seeing a pretty glowing reviews of this decision. Yeah. I think um, this is, it's risk. There, there is a big risk here. He's 35. He, he's never been a head coach before. Um, but I think the fact that he's grown his coaching career up through working at Alabama, working uh, and winning a championship there and coaching at, at Memphis and winning a conference championship there and then getting to Georgia and going through the rigors and going through the, the championship runs that they're on right now and going through the recruiting processes at those at Alabama and Georgia. You know, I think it's a risk that's worth taking, but you are right. It is, there is still a risk and there is still some intrigue here about what comes next. Um, 
real quick, I think another hire that he probably has to look at is internally at Oregon. I, I, I think there are two coaches that we don't know yet that of, of their status. And I'll say three that I think are pretty pivotal in getting and keeping. Joe Salve at defensive line, I think that would be a really big push for his West Coast ties from a recruiting standpoint. He's a very popular coach among Oregon's program. I also think Brian McClendon, the interim head coach right now, uh, that is one that would really stabilize the offense. And he's another one that's a culture. He's also a very good recruiter. And then also Rod Chance. I think that's another one you probably have to consider and look at and fight for and see if you can keep him. Um, and then the recruiting support staff, there will be a decision there as well. Those guys are very important, Don Johnson in particular, and his West Coast connections, considering Dan Lanning doesn't have really any out West. Um, and, and so that helps. And having those guys on staff certainly helps the process here. Um so I, I think those are probably his first couple of immediate things that he needs to do, but certainly going to be fun. Like you said. Oh yeah. Lanning has, uh, he's got some phone calls to make and he'll surely make them. I, Matt, I agree. Those, those few names that you mentioned are like number one calls. If I were him, either other than calling to some recruit because Oregon's class needs a little bit of help right now. But uh, yeah, I think we covered most of it. I think the only thing that I have left to say is September 3rd, 2022, Oregon, Georgia in Atlanta. Mercedes-Benz Superdome. That'll be fun. It's going to do it for us here on the Austin Audible's podcast. Thank you for listening to the show. We'll talk to you on Monday when we have more information, more uh, time to kind of digest this hire. But until then, you've been listening to the Austin Audible's podcast. Talk to you later, folks. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.